Ideas can be farmed. The seeds of ideas can be planted, cultivated, harvested, distributed, and consumed. For ideas about growing, marketing, and consuming food, Idea Farming Consultancy was created to help organizations tell their stories and grow their brands. And for conversations about ideas that will matter, we have the Farm to Table Talk podcast. To connect on strategic consultancy, go to idea-farming.com. And to hear the ideas we're watching, stay tuned for Farm to Table Talk. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Big changes are taking place in agriculture in Africa, and to share the potential, the progress, and the process, I'm pleased to welcome Donald Madukwe, Head of Agronomy Services and Farmer-Centric Projects for OCP Africa, and also welcome Aki Akinwande, who is responsible for innovation and business development. Welcome to you both, and I'm going to start with Donald. Donald, let's take a big picture look at agriculture in, in Africa, and, and how do you envision the potential for agriculture in Africa? Yeah, Roger, thank you, Roger, for having me. I would uh, talk about this uh, by taking a step backwards to look at agriculture in in the days, you know, in the past, agriculture had um, more social than economic uh, footprints along Africa. However, today it's a different uh, story. It's of more economic than um, social footprint. Um, in Africa, we have over 80% of uh, the populations as um, smallholder farmers. And um, this number contributes to about 80 to 90% of the food production in Africa, although they remain poor and uh, do not uh, have uh, a lot out of what they do for some reasons that are beyond um, the rural farmers uh, reach. The narrative now is different. And if you check across the African countries, agriculture is a major contributor to the GDP. And uh, a lot of other countries are working towards shifting the economy to be based on agriculture entirely. Taking Nigeria, for example, Nigeria has been talking about diversification and uh, agriculture is just the target. And we have said is the game changer for the economy of the country. Agriculture has a lot of potentials, uh, especially in Africa, but due to some uh, setbacks, uh, they have remained where they are. But if a lot of these setbacks are addressed, I am sure that Africa can produce um, two to three times more of their current uh, productivity. 
That's pretty ambitious. And in fact, I've noticed on your website, there's uh, some comments that agriculture could not, in Africa, is not only capable of feeding the, the continent, but um, producing a, a great deal of food eventually to perhaps even export food more through the world. But, it, but you allude to that potential. And, and that leads me back to uh, Aki. Aki, I'm going to ask you, um, what's, what's OCP doing in Africa? What are the, the programs and what's your business in Africa? Oh, thank you very much, Roger. Um, let me start by doing a very slight correction. Um, I used to be business development manager, but currently I actually head um, the business development department. And I'm also, I mean, I also head the department that's responsible for digital innovation in OCP Africa within our region around Nigeria. Um, thank you very much for this opportunity. Um, I would like to say that OCP, I mean, OCP Africa is a subsidiary of the OCP group. And the OCP group, like we all know, has been in Morocco mining phosphate for the last 100 years. Um, but what the group has done over the last five years is to do a gradual shift, um, not just to focus on the mining and the production angle, but to see how we can get involved in agriculture in Africa to develop agriculture. Because we believe that the potential for agriculture in Africa is very, very huge. And we're not going to do this by doing the same thing over and over again. So we must move from just a push mentality of building products and sending to Africa to a pool mentality where we develop the agricultural landscape of the continent. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing in many countries, including Nigeria. Um, the vision of the company is to contribute to a sustainable transformation of this continent's food systems. It's very simple. We're looking beyond just agriculture to the table. And we want to ensure that right from the food production to while it gets to the table, we contribute towards that transformation. And what we call our mission, as it were, is that we will provide customized solutions. Um, we're not just a fertilizer company. We are an agricultural company that provides services and we're going to provide these customized solutions to develop the agricultural ecosystem by working hand in hand with all African farmers and also with people along the value chain. So other contributors along the value chain. And that's what we've been doing for um, at OCP Africa. So OCP Africa started 2016 and we've been doing that for pretty much about five years now. Um, and let me talk a bit about some of our initiatives in Africa and in Nigeria, for example. Um, because we are focused on transformation of agriculture, we're looking at initiatives that we have set up like the AgriBooster, initiatives like the OCP School Lab, initiatives like the EMA program, which talks about empowering African youths and then agri-promoters, initiatives like the Farm and Fortune Hub, where we talk about how we bring fortune into farming, um, how we can make, I mean, farmers build fortune. And then the Farm and Fortune Media Show. These are all the things and many more initiatives that we develop in partnership with so many organizations to ensure that we transform agriculture in Africa. Thanks, Rogers. Sure. Uh could you expand a little bit more? For example, you mentioned AgriBooster. What, what does that mean? 
So interestingly, um, the AgriBooster is an end-to-end value chain solution. What we do with the AgriBooster is to say, we have identified key problems or key bottlenecks to the development of agriculture in Africa, um, and particularly to the productivity of smallholder farmers. And when we say smallholder farmers, we are talking of farmers who earn as little as a dollar a day. We're talking of farmers who probably have access to a hectare of land or even less sometimes. These farmers, we have mapped out four critical problems that have been major gaps. There are others, but these are the critical ones that if solved, can help them increase productivity and can take a smallholder farmer from a life of subsistence farming where he just takes care of himself to commercial, a lot more commercial farming where he can actually contribute to the nation's growth of feeding not just Africa, but the world. So what we're saying in the AgriBooster is the four cardinal, cardinal areas are one, access to quality inputs. We think that if farmers have access to quality inputs, um, OCP, for example, has been investing in a lot of research and development over the last years to ensure that best fit fertilizer for best fit soils and best fit and best fit for soils and crops are produced that helps the soil, I mean, to give a lot more nutrients to particular crops. And so OCP is doing that, but we also collaborate with many other input providers to ensure that for the AgriBooster scheme, for every farmer that's registered or involved or that uh, subscribes to the AgriBooster offer, they have a bundle of quality inputs, quality seeds, quality uh, fertilizers, quality chemicals for um, to handle in insects and some other things that they need to deal with. That's one. The second thing is access to quality education. We think that because of the changing weather and a lot that has happened um, over time, climate change, it's important not just to teach farmers best practice, but to teach farmers what's adaptable, adaptable practices for the now. So we think that it's important that training is a constant element of productivity. The other two I'll run through very quickly, access to credit. We think that access to finance of some sort will also help because most farmers who can even afford fertilizers or afford seeds or afford inputes are not able to get enough for productivity. And in cases where they can even get enough, they are not able to get enough for the access, for the land that they have access to. So if we get from level of financing involved, it means that the farmer can do a lot more in this, I mean, be a lot more productive. And lastly, access to markets. We have an, I mean, a situation with smallholder farmers where middlemen come and they take all the credit away. So a farmer finishes, after a farmer's produce is harvested, because he cannot get to the cities where those produce are sold, he needs to sell to a middleman who takes off all the profit. So can we break a scheme where all these four things are available to the farmers as a bundled offering? such that we can now join with the farmers to ensure that they are, I mean, they achieve productivity. And we've done this for the last um, five years. And we've, in five years, more than 200,000 farmers in Nigeria alone, let's talk of other African countries where we've done this, have actually enjoyed this level of service and offering that has ensured their productivity has happened. Um, two quick numbers I need to mention quickly is that for the farmers who have participated in this scheme in Nigeria, for example, we've had an average increase from the previous year yield of about 60%.
So it means the farmer has done better than his previous year. And then he's, we have done a bit of his profit margins to see what's his return on investment. And we are talking of a return on investment of at least about 77% for the farmer. These are the indices that we hold on to to ensure that productivity happens and the farmer is doing better. You know, I've seen on your website that you refer to digital agronomy. What, what do you mean by that? What is a, what's digital agronomy and where does it fit into what you're doing? Once again, for us, um, digital innovation is a bedrock for which all our initiatives run. So it's a platform, it's a driver. So all the initiatives I've told you about from the AgriBooster to the School Lab, they all run on one form or digital platform or the other. But in a general view, um, when you talk about digital agronomy in Africa, you're talking about about five key areas, uh, which I'll mention very quickly. And those are the areas even our own innovation tends to take care of. So we're talking of digital advisory. How can you ensure that you can reach out to the farmer as often as possible, and he can get to understand best practices in agriculture in the particular field that he's farming, and he can get enough information. Digital procurement also, how can he have access to quality inputs and quality service without having to move away from his farms? So how can we get on top of a smartphone or any other enabled phone to access quality inputs from wherever they are? Um, and you know that our farmers actually live in rural areas. So this actually bridges and a lot of a lot of I mean communities in Africa are underdeveloped in terms of infrastructure. So this is actually opening up a vista for them to have access to quality inputs, regardless of where they are. We also talk about agricultural e-commerce. So trading of produce, for example, can happen. Trading, different kinds of trading and exchange can happen on platforms digitally, and that is happening already. Um, the last two are agricultural digital finances. Uh, digital, I mean, financial services, actually. So that's a point where the big data you, you gather on a yearly basis. So for example, we have an app called Udongo in OCP that we've developed over the last two years that has been capturing farmer database year in year. This is big data that is valuable to any financial institution because it means that any financial institution that wants to lend credit understands the costing of the farmer, all his costs, understands his revenues, understands his pattern, his buying pattern, and they can, based on that data, be able to build solutions, financial solutions, insurance solutions, so many solutions tailored to meet what the farmer needs. And finally, we talk about smart farming, which means bringing artificial intelligence, bringing technology, whether it's drone technology, or whatever level of technology into farming. All these are part of the things that we at OCP think that it's important to us. I've mentioned the Udongo platform. I would also mention the AgroPlus platform, which for us is we spent the past few years gathering soil data, so soil profiles, gathering results and testing the soil. Can we put all this together into some big data envelope where you can actually do a bit of data sorting and data analysis and get to some level of artificial intelligence and machine learning where you can now use that data to predict outcomes for anyone who wants to gather. So if anyone wants to find out, for example, the soil profile of an area based on what we have gathered over the years, and this could include remote sensing data, 
put everything together, and then you'll be able to suggest how, what kind of fertilizer can be applied to what soil in a particular area for a particular crop. Those are the things that we're doing around the digital space, and we're still growing, bringing more initiatives around the space. You know, though, you, it, seem, it seems to me, though, that to get that information and the services that you have, they have to have either a, a computer available to them or um, a smartphone or access to somebody that is using a, a, a smartphone. Or how, how do you overcome that? Because I, I assume that there's a lot of farmers that don't have smartphones currently. Yeah, true. Um, That is a challenge everywhere in Africa currently. Um, But what I keep saying is that the evolution is moving very, very fast. So the level of coverage that we have of smartphones today, in terms of access, the number of people that have smartphones in their hands today has increased tremendously from what we had years before. So we are sure that as time goes by, Um, farmers in rural areas will have access. But as OCP, we've looked at two key areas where we can bridge that gap in the the interim. Uh, One of those areas is key for us, which is the use of the agricultural extension network. Now, the extension agent, for example, is that person who is a bit more knowledgeable than the average farmer. Um, He's a farmer himself, but he's usually a youth who's probably energetic and strong and... um, more techie and savvy, he's able to have access to phones. He understands this better. So we put the service or the app or the device in the hands of extension agents who can extend, like their job implies, that innovation to farmers. So first thing is to ensure that that belt, we call them the last mile agent, that belt before the farmer is properly equipped so that they can pass on that information to the farmer. Secondly, we also look at some other technologies like um, USSD and SMS as alternative solutions. You might not get as much as you want. Um, it's a bit more expensive, but at least it can give a short, short messages. So, for example, a farmer can get weather services, weather advisory services, or best practices um, information in very tiny, short messages that can be sent to him and he can have access to. So, but Our belief is that the evolution is going to happen very quickly. And we know that in very few years, um, the spread of the use of smartphones will actually be everywhere um, you can think of. Boy, this is exciting. You've got some very, really interesting, promising programs going on. And I want to come back to Donald now. And, And Donald, could you expand a little bit more on the OCP school labs? What are they, and what are you trying to do with the OCP school labs? Uh, uh, yeah, um, Roger, rightly, as Akin said earlier, we are trying to bridge the gap between uh, innovations, new technologies, and farmer reach. Um, we try to use extension agents to a very large extent to make sure that farmers get quality education and services. OCP School Lab, as the name implies, it's um, a school and a laboratory put together on a mobile truck and taken straight to the farmer in his community. OCP School Lab 
takes uh, the farmers through good agricultural practices in an audio uh, visual uh, using audio visuals and uh, some digital uh, equipment to showcase what is better done in agriculture, how to plant, how to apply fertilizers, when to plant and when to apply these fertilizers. This is what the school does. The laboratory helps the farmer uh, to conduct soil test analysis because we know the rural farmers are constrained may not have access to laboratories in the rural areas, may not be able to afford the cost for soil tests even in areas where they can have access to laboratory. The school lab is designed to provide these solutions to the farmers and at no cost to the farmer, just to ensure that the farmer has a good plan for his um, nutrient management to optimize its yield in a year. So the school lab, um, today we've been able to reach over 1,214 communities in Nigeria with the school lab campaign. And uh, we have uh, been able to touch over 243 uh, rural farmers with the school lab. Um, and today the story has changed because uh, farmers can now requests on their own for soil testing. In the past, they do not know the importance and do not care if the soils are tested or not. So uh, it's no longer the usual dumping of uh, fertilizer in the soil. The farmers now can give the soil what it requires and at the right time also and right quantity. This is what the school lab is doing across uh, Nigeria and other parts of Africa. And these are really impressive programs. So what are some of the obstacles that you face to be successful with the projects that you're working on? And what are some of these, these obstacles that keep progress from happening as quickly as you want to see it in Africa? Okay. Um, I will talk about this and uh, I'll let Akin talk about his experience as well. Talking about the school lab, uh, because uh, we need to move from one community to another Infrastructure, especially with the roads, have been a major challenge to reach out to the farmers and uh, the need to um, make sure that the uh, large number of farmers have quick access to extension agents. And uh, we are fighting that challenge also because we are increasing the number of extension agents to see we are trying to uh, argument school lab with uh, the EME project, which is the empowering the African youths. The African youths are equipped with um, mobile soil testing kits and a tricycle that will enable them penetrate rural areas and they stick very close to the farmers. That is to say, we don't need to travel all the time to reach the farmers. We don't need to pass through the hurdles of the bad roads and... Um, we don't need to face the challenges, especially this time of um, COVID-19 restrictions. And uh, we can still reach out to the farmers with the agri-promoters and the EME youths. Aki, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, thank you. I mean, my colleague has done a great work in explaining these obstacles, but I'll just add one more, which is a bit social in nature. Um, 
um, you would know that changing the way of life of any, I mean, group of people around the world is always tough. And if you look at the average smallholder farmer, um, there are a lot of practices that they are used to. Um, trying to show the rural farmer or the smallholder farmer that there could be a better way to get this done doesn't happen overnight. Um, and I mentioned that as an obstacle, not because it's not surmountable, but because, because of that, we need to build tons and tons of levels of convincing. Um, so I'll give you an example. I mean, in Nigeria, we do something called demonstration plots because the average farmer um, will understand better when he sees things on a plot. For example, that if you say to him, this is how you should do this, this is best technology, this is best ways, or these are the best practices. But if you do it on a separate place of land and you show him on like a plot of saying, these are your practices, but this is the practice we've asked you to do. And at the end of the season, he can come and see the difference between the yield on the practice that would have been his and the practice and this other one. And we have seen that that has helped change the notion um, of farmers about certain practices. It's helped, but we need to do that on a constant basis. And that involves a lot of investment. Sometimes you even find some smallholder farmers who will say to you that they would rather prefer believe a demo farm that's done by another farmer like them. So we also brought up a lot of innovation around lead farmers. So a lead farmer within a group of farmers is that farmer whom you can try new things with. Is that farmer who is a lot more susceptible to change, who embraces change better than the other farmers. So this kind of social um, gap or social um, 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 blockage um, looks very little, but in a lot of ways, they impede a lot of development. However, what OCP and a lot of companies, I mean, have devoted funds and um, um, investments to do is to find innovative ways of convincing farmers and showing to them that not only are we interested in your productivity now, we're interested in your sustainable productivity. And if you believe in us and you believe in what we bring as service to you, then we can help working hand in hand with you to take your level of farming from where it is today to where it should be. Benchmark, I mean, with, with farming activities in more developed countries around the world. So in your programs, are you covering a range of not only the smallholder farmings, but maybe some of those then that are progressing, that are leaders themselves that have made the transition from um, just sustainable, or not sustainable is really the word, but subsistence, sort of peasant farming kind of thing, just getting by to transitioning uh, into being a more commercial type farming operations. So are you servicing all up and down from the those very, very small individuals all the way to those that have already made the transition and become more successful as commercial farmers? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's, that's basically the answer. Um, I would say that it requires a lot more to try and get the smallholder farmer to move to being commercially minded than it is to intervene with commercial farms. I mean, companies like OCP um, have the smallholders as its target, even though we know that reaching the smallholder farmer um, costs a lot of investments. 
because it's the harder place to go to. The smallholder farmer is usually in rural areas. The smallholder farmer is usually hard to reach. The smallholder farmer believes that his practices are the best in the world. So these are the tough nuts that we have um, found ways to reach out to. Now, to answer your question, do we reach out to the broad spectrum of all of them? Yes. And the good part is that reaching out to the broad spectrum allows each farmer on whatever level they find to see a better life. So he sees what, so the, the average farmer sees what the lead farmer does. The lead farmer sees what the commercial farmer does. Commercial farmer probably sees what another level of big commercial farms does. So that way is also, uh, when you put that side by side, you find some peer learning, but not just peer learning, you find learning across board that helps them develop and even develop better. You know, some of the people that criticize uh, commercial farming and as becoming too industrial to becoming monocropping and so forth, and I'm sure you've had to deal with some of those skeptics that that are saying, okay, but you're projecting a type of agriculture that is in fact not sustainable and that, you know, suggests that it's going to be, again, leading to monocropping and exports and, and extractive economies and so forth. And that's what the critics seem to want to almost keep in place uh, the, the range of agriculture we have right now. And uh, do you run into that? And uh, how do you answer those critics that express fear that the this picture that you're painting for development in, in Africa may go too far and that uh, you may not be guarding against some of the, some of the challenges that might come up and, and impact on the climate and so forth as you, as you transition. Uh, and, and again, maybe I'm just reading things into it that you don't run into, but I've heard critics like that. Uh, and if you hear that, what do you say? I mean, Roger, we, we, I mean, I'll say a bit and then allow um, Donald, Dr. Donald to also talk about some other things. Um, the reality is that whatever change any group of people um, seeks to, to bring to pass would have ideas. Um, you would have people who, who, who see things in a different way. But you see, one of the things that OCP has done over the years is that we welcome a lot of those kinds of contributions because those kind of contributions also helps to further solidify what your strategy is. So we're not combative or combatant in, in taking some of those views that are contrary to some of the things we think about. I mean, it's like the farmer too, like I just mentioned to you. Some farmers, we go for interventions and some farmers will tell you, I'm okay being a subsistence farmer. I just want to feed my family. Um, and he could give you a lot of reasons why that could happen. But you see, what we do, and that's why education is very important for us. And education is not just to the farmer. Education is also to other stakeholders. Education is to people who believe that um, things should be done in a certain way. We've done several climate, um, climate agricultural workshops, even together, I mean, as a group, as OCP, and we've invested, we've sponsored a couple of them. And the reason is because we believe that that's the way to go. Um, but you would understand that some of these arguments um, are, are valid to, uh, I mean, as, uh, 
are localized as it is. And that's what we try to tell people, that we think beyond just one local community. We want to think for the whole of Africa. And the end goal is to ensure that we transform agriculture and ensure that there's food on the table and we can feed not just ourselves, but feed the whole of the continent. So my answer to you really is that we embrace a lot of those arguments. We accept some of those arguments, listen to some of those arguments, but then try in form of our workshops, our seminars, to also push the message across that if we continue this way, we cannot feed our countries, we cannot even feed the continent. We need to do something different. Um, I would like to now tell you about some of the things we've done in um, focusing on climate agriculture, climate smart agriculture, and some of the things we've done. I mean, the soil testing that we do today in terms of giving soil-specific and crop-specific fertilizer to plants is because we know the effect of continued use of certain chemicals on the soil. Because we don't want that to happen, that's why we are saying, let's look at the kind of fertilizer that gives just the appropriate chemical requirements, appropriate nutrient requirements that the soil or the plant needs. And we would not have reasons to talk about things that might be dangerous to the soil or dangerous to the plant. And that is one area that we, we get involved a lot in. Like I said, um, Dr. Donald can tell you a lot more about some of the other things that we've done. Yeah, um, okay. Thank you very much, uh, Roger. Like as Aki mentioned, um, at OCP, we are open to a lot of ideas and um, those ideas help us to develop our innovations. Um, we actually do welcome um, criticisms because that is our source of our strength also. Um, it cannot feel right to everybody. Every individual, farmers or not, have their views. And most times we have this belief that most of the farmers we refer to as rural farmers are actually very knowledgeable. Way more knowledgeable than we are. They are all just they are just in the rural area. And so we pay attention to whatever they have to say. But we believe strongly that education is important. For example, if a farmer condemns fertilizer, you tell the farmer, no, you don't condemn the fertilizer. Learn how to use fertilizer. For us, we believe that the knowledge about usage is more important than the money to buy this particular product. That is why at OCP, we don't ask you to buy fertilizer because we produce fertilizer. We don't ask you, come and buy phosphate because we produce phosphate. No, we ask you to find out what is needed in your soil. And that is the story. What is What, what does your soil require to feed the plants that you're growing how does your plant feed the knowledge of the plant um nutritional uh, behavior will direct what quantity of fertilizer and knowledge about the plants uh, growth stages will help you know when the fertilizer you are adding to the soil will be taken up by the plants immediately to avoid leachates and uh, contaminations and so we are open to ideas. If you tell us this is not sustainable, we'll work with you to find out a more sustainable way and we conduct symposiums, um, workshops to educate um, a lot of other farmers who may not be privy to this uh, knowledge you have as an individual. That is what we do. So today we are working hand in hand with uh, 
local and some international research institutes to fashion out what is what best fits the soil in Nigeria, for example. We are doing this in Nigeria. We are doing it in Ethiopia and other countries where we are present because we work with the government of the day. We have to follow what the government have said is their way of life. Okay, the the policies are important also to us, so we pay attention to the language of the country we are present in. At OCP, it is not about uh, the business alone, the welfare of the farmers, the welfare of the environment. I mean, the sustainable uh, use of the environment is key to our activities. Without the environment, we will not be here. You know, one thing that occurs to me as you explain this is probably most people listening Assume we're just talking about about crops, but are you able to incorporate the the needs for pastures and and grazing for those cases that that um, that that's just it that they're actually grazing livestock and do you get involved with those programs as well? Uh, I, I, if you could recall, uh, initially we said we work. To get, give our tailor-made solutions to our host countries, for example, in Nigeria, I would say we don't pay much attention to pastures and grazing because um, the animal rearing uh, culture in Nigeria it's not the ranch type, and uh, uh, there's no market for that particularly. However, to other crops, uh, arable crops, we pay attention. Currently uh, at OCP, we are working about on about eight uh, value chain uh, in Nigeria, and uh, we are trying to develop performance and efficient fertilizers for these crops for different regions in Nigeria. Well, this has been fascinating, and I, I want to allow you two to um, summarize a couple of things as we're wrapping up, and I'm going to also ask you to be able to share where people can get more information. One of them I want to ask you, if you looked ahead, say, five years from now, how you hope, what would you hope looks different uh, about agriculture in Africa? And I know five years may not be very long, but do uh, can either of you envision or share with us a vision of of what might be different then than it is today. Okay, um, Roger. If you look at today's agriculture, you would find out um, that the farmers are in the rural area, and uh, they lack access to a lot of fundamental uh, factor uh, uh, items that would enable the farmers um, improve productivity. For example, in this period of time, we are looking at uh, the problems of uh, COVID-19 um, disruptions. We are looking at the climate change issues and um, the population on the other end is increasing and the farmer needs to feed this increasing um, population. What do we need to do for the farmer? Take pity on the farmer? No, that's not what we need to do. We need to give the farmer what is required, knowledge, access to finance, access to quality input. When I mention quality input, it is important to state seed is important, improved seeds for the farmer. Um, 
quality fertilizers and agrochemicals. And when we do this and try to normalize the land tenure system and make lands more available to farmers and um, put in place right technologies, digital technologies to support the farmers and um, encourage the farmers to embrace what they, what we call innovations. Like I mentioned earlier, and Akin did rightly too, that um, the farmers have the potential to produce three times, two to three times more of their current productivity. And to do this, the farmer would require more fertilizers, will require more improved seeds and uh, maybe some irrigation facilities put in place. And uh, of course, some cold chain for storage of horticultural crops. And um, in five years' time, if we put all these things together, I am seeing an efficient food production system in Africa. Uh, Aki, what would you add to that? What's your vision for the future? Yeah, um, interestingly, Donald has done a very good work in outlining key things. Um, What I would add will be in the digital space. And the the reason for, I mean, for me is that um, a lot of the, initiatives that um, OCP and a lot of other companies are doing in this space um, is cost consuming. Um, I mean, it costs a lot to get to the farmer or to reach the farmer in his um, rural area. I mean, some rural areas would require um, road travels of about four hours, five hours um, to areas where infrastructural development is not as much as what you have. That's why it's important that in five years, I want to see Africa embrace digital technology and digital innovation, because that's the only way we can bridge. It can bridge the gap faster than the decadence in infrastructure that's happening around. It means that eventually it looks beyond our gaps to be able to meet the need. I mean, um, I was talking to someone once um, while I was in New York, and they said, oh, how do you do? How does e-commerce work in Africa? There's no infrastructure. And I said, infrastructure is the exact gap that allows e-commerce work. (laughs) Because there's no infrastructure, because uh, people cannot get across to certain places, it makes more sense for them to invest in anything that brings the services to them rather than they go to look for those services. And that's exactly what's happening. So like in agriculture also, We're believing that in five years, we will grow to understand how digital technology, because the the, the world population is growing. We cannot do anything about that growth rate. Africa is growing a lot faster than a lot of continents. So it means that we need to do something quickly to ensure that our smallholder farmers achieve a whole lot more from the plots or the, the land that they have access to. And we can only do that by reaching them on a consistent basis. Now, if we build access to them through digital technology, it means that we have continued access, continued monitoring, that we can do every other thing. The agri-booster I mentioned to you, it costs OCP a lot to intervene in people in certain communities. With digital, you can do that for a whole lot less value or a whole lot less cost than um, normal. And what I would like to mention lastly is COVID-19 disruption happened. And for example, within that period of several months where people could not go out, farmers still needed to farm. One of the things OCP did in that period was to use digital technology to reach out to farmers. 
So we found ways to reach out to extension agents who could on their tablets receive information, receive digital content, receive agronomic contents that they could pass on to the farmers um, without having to build all the infrastructure or network or systems of people normally that you would have done. So what I see in the next five years is a time where digital innovation can come into agriculture and help scale up productivity. Well, we're going to have to come back in five years and hopefully that will have been accomplished. I, I want to thank you both. This has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, I do want to ask you, as we just wrap up, any final word you would like to share with people, especially if you could share where they could get more information, perhaps a website address or any other information for people that want to know more about what OCP is doing in Africa. Thank you, Rogers. And that brings me back to uh, one of the initiatives uh, Akin mentioned earlier, uh, the Farm and Fortune Media Show. The Farm and Fortune Media Show was actually conceived uh, during the lockdown as a means of reaching out to farmers, even in the COVID situation and post-COVID times. So it's a show where we have documentary of farmers' activities, real-time, how they do it, the way they do it, when in their local communities, and we have it uh, uh, played to the experts in agriculture in different value chains. And then the experts will look at the documentary and profile solutions uh, that suits uh, the farmers as uh, the documentary reviews. And this show is um, a live show. And uh, we have social uh, media handles where farmers can continue to have access to episodes uh, like on the YouTube, at Farm and Fortune is the handle on YouTube, at Farm and Fortune. Um, the season two of this Farm and Fortune media show is coming up in November. The countdown is going. Farmers can also follow up on the website, www.farmandfortune.com. And um, farmers can also download the Udongo app on the Play Store to follow up, link up in the ecosystem of agriculture, where they can meet um, uh, uh, input providers, they can meet extension agents, they can download agronomic content on their own and uh, read through if they are le uh, lettered. Uh, and they can also have a direct link to uh, stores to pick up items uh, they may need for their farms. That's excellent. Yeah, thank you, Donald. Just to add to that, that um, um, the Farm and Fortune show is primarily a TV and radio show, but we have also extended that to the social media. So we're doing TV, radio, and social media. Um, so when you go onto the farm at, the handle is at Farm and Fortune um, on either Instagram, YouTube, um, or even Facebook, you are able to see the schedules and the time where the shows will be airing on the local station nearest to you, where you can have access. Um, just to mention also that OCP's corporate website is ocpafrica.com, um, www.ocpafrica.com. You can also find corporate information about the subsidiary and our representation in most countries in Africa. Thank you. Well, and thank you both. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You've given a lot of great information and reasons, I think, to be optimistic about the changes that you're going to be able to have some impact on. 
You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Wasson.